What's up, long players? It's Howie. We've got a mini episode today with Corey Kibler from last week's show. We're covering a question I left unanswered. How are you, Corey? I'm so good. I'm wearing an Easter shirt. You look very, uh, very Easterish. It's March 8th as we're recording, uh, probably a couple weeks before anybody hears this. Uh, but what I want to talk about is the the remaster of Part of My Pretension, but isn't it Blackbeard's birthday? And to talk about the remaster, I know Royce like wants to know this, and any other like super audio geeks uh, might be interested in this. Um, so let's talk about the CD first. So to make the CD, I didn't know really anything about mastering. And I don't know if you remember this or not, but what I did for the CD, we got our Pro Tools sessions with all our different tracks. I sent all of that not to the master bus in the Pro Tools session, but to a stereo output, to an analog output on the O1. And I ran the analog output of the O1 through my dad's tube hi-fi amplifier. Probably at the wrong levels completely. And then brought that back in, like recorded that back in as a stereo bus. Um, and the only thing I was trying to do, like I, I, I remember very clearly, I knew I wanted to hit peak levels of negative 0.1 decibels. So just below digital clipping. I remember like doing the mixes over and over again to hit exactly negative sure. 0.1. And which I did when I brought them into the mastering session, you know, last month, they were all they all peaked right there. Um, there wasn't any compression or limiting or anything other than just that gentle tube saturation from the from the hi-fi amp. And I didn't really because I was sort of wrongly focused on peak level, I wasn't paying attention to the average kind of how loud things felt sure so there was there were pretty big jumps in perceived volume from track to track so that was the cd are you with me so far totally yep <laughs> thanks thank you for indulging me in this no i weirdly i am with you because i remember i learned a lot about you from mastering at that time like when you when you got into it after you worked with doug van sloan i think on that howie and scott science comets yeah um and uh, we're not far away from hitting my hitting my limit on what I know about mastering, but I'm with you so far, so this is good. All right, so that's what I'm that's what I'm bringing into the remastering session a sure. few weeks ago. So the first thing I did in the remastering session, I took all the tracks and normalized them to negative 14 loudness units, which is like the modern way that uh, uh, the streaming platforms measure loudness. Not all of them use LUFs, but most most of them do um just to see where we were at right and it was pretty all over the map some of them to to reach that normalization level some of them were turned up two or three db um nothing was turned down two or three db but there was between what was turned up and what was turned down there was like five or six db difference between the maximum and the minimum which is a lot mm -hmm. And so I listened to that and it sounded super out of balance. Like it did not sound musically. It was, it was too far. Like the algorithm liked it, but ears did not like right, it. Right, right, right. Sure. And so I started pulling back and I ended up kind of balancing everything at about, about halfway in between what the CD was 
and what the algorithm, the Luff's algorithm would would call, you know, matched. Sure. So it's it's better balanced, you know, but not all the way to the algorithm because the algorithm sounded out of balance. Um, so get the levels kind of feeling better, hopefully. Uh, in the course of doing that, and I'm going in the order of the processing here, so get the levels matched. Two songs, then the peak levels were like two to three dB above zero, which we can't have. It's uh, Whatever You Want and Sophia, both of which have like big, punchy right. drums. Sure. Um, so just on those two songs, the next step in the processing is a multiband compressor to, to rein those peaks in. And I used a multiband because it was like the cleanest, most transparent, did the did the very least to change the perception of the sound um, that I thought I could get away with. So those two have the multiband. Then there's a tiny bit of extra saturation. So an analog emulation, no, no specific gear or anything. It's the gentlest one I have. Um, and I thought a lot about using that or not since it already has the the two right. saturation sure but i i really liked it so i left it on and then kind of basic mastering very gentle compression and then the limiting and the safety clipping that's kind of just my normal you know be as clean as possible so really the only the only real artistic choice was that extra bit of saturation. Um, everything else was just kind of meeting modern level and and peak standards. And that's it. That's what you hear. It's it's not much, but I do prefer the sound of the remastered version by quite a... Like, it all kind of adds up, I think. I think it totally does. Um, I'm interested by... Okay, so I know uh, you mentioned, like, the, the Lefts algorithm for streaming, right? So um, I don't know anything about it except for um, working with my friend Mike uh, Papagni on stuff. When he when he does a master on one of our songs, um, it's it's like all for streaming. Like we're not making any CDs or vinyl or anything like that. And he says that uh, he'll have to compress the hell out of stuff um, more than he would normally or something like that. To uh, I don't know, maybe compress isn't the right word, but he has to like. Um, I think he feels like he has to squash down the dynamic or something more than he would on somewhere else because this, the streaming platform compresses it again or something when you, hmm. I don't know what, like, what is that? So I guess what I'm asking is how does that algorithm work or what does it mean for trying to get stuff on streaming? Yeah. I mean, that's a whole huge topic, but to try and do like a two minute version. So if you think of a waveform, right. And that it's mm -hmm. bouncing up and down. You know, peak level is literally the tops and bottoms of the wave. And there's a a fixed limit of zero decibels beyond which a digital system cannot accurately reproduce the wave. And you get digital clipping, which sounds sure. horrible. But that's, a, that's an instantaneous measurement. There are all kinds of different ways to measure loudness over time. So you've got a, a time window ranging from milliseconds to a whole song. And you're measuring, you know, mathematically the uh, 
sort of the area under the wave effectively over that window of time. And there's, there's all kinds of different algorithms, you know, some adjust our ears have a certain EQ, you know, so some adjust for that. Some don't, um, RMS root mean square is one older, you know, method of calculating it. The one we've been talking about LUFS, L-U-F-S loudness units, full scale is another one. And they're, they're all just different ways to try and get closer to how we perceive sound through our ears. Um, and what the streaming platforms do. So the streaming platform, they want to keep you on the platform, right? And big jumps in perceived volume make you want to turn it off Mm -hmm. because that's unpleasant. So they want everything to come, to come at you at this, you know, this, a similar level. And so they use these algorithms and they will turn, uh, they all turn loud songs down if it's above, if the song's loudness is above their target, some of them turn quieter songs up to their target. Some don't. Um, and they have different targets, but a pretty popular one right now is negative 14 loudness units full scale, which is pretty dynamic. If you think back to the 90s and early 2000s in the loudness wars, you know, in the CD era, songs would regularly be at negative six, even negative five, negative four. And that's that extreme, you know, that kind of loudness that um, makes your ears tired if you listen to it for very long. Sure. And those songs sound pretty weak now, turned down to negative 14. Right. Um, So I'd want to, there's probably something going on. Negative 14 is pretty dynamic. And the the stuff we've worked on together that Mike has mastered is right around that level and doesn't at all seem super crushed or anything. Um, so we'd have to talk to Mike more about that to to kind of dig in. As as you were talking about it, I realized that he was. I don't think he ever talked about compression. I think he talked about volume. I think he sent a master over to me and he had it cranked up because when he tried to put stuff on streaming, they brought it down no matter how loud he put it or something or so, something like that. So he wanted it to he wanted to like air on making it louder to so that it uh, wouldn't be too quiet or something like that. I don't know. But yeah, it might be the opposite. You might be erring on the side of making it dynamic so that it's not too loud. Because if you make it too loud, Spotify or whoever will turn it down and it will sound, most people experience that as sounding smaller. Okay, got it. Yeah, something like that. I I didn't really think about, I didn't really have a good understanding of what he was talking about. But I just knew that there was like this, um, standard that you had to meet for streaming and if you you did it wrong it could mess with your music a little bit and yeah i mean you don't want to take it you want to use your ears first and last right but but negative 14 is a a pretty good sweet spot you know and i've done stuff louder i think the last dark satellites album was maybe closer to negative 12 and that sounded good and that's you know we made that choice to get the compression that sounded right for the music sure and that's still plenty dynamic that you know getting turned down a db or two doesn't make it sound small okay other stuff you know might sound great at negative 16 or negative 18 especially jazz or classical or you know classical music won't even hit negative 16 or 18 at all and and It'd be inappropriate kind of for the style. Right. <laughs> but I will say the stuff the stuff I've heard of Mike's 
that you've sent that's been mastered was right around minus 14, very close and sounded sure. great. So, um, you know, we don't know right the second what that conversation was, but right. he, he's what he's doing that I've heard sounds just right down the middle as far as being appropriate for streaming. Cool. Um, and that makes me think of, uh, another thing I wanted to mention or bring up or whatever is that, so the, the fascinating thing to me is li like listening to CDs in general. Like I hardly listen to CDs anymore. I had a whole, like I had that big nineties booklet of CDs that everyone had like two or three of them in my car, uh, car got totaled CDs went everywhere. I didn't use them anymore anyway. Cause I had like a, you know, all streaming or whatever. So most of them are gone. Um, so the only one of the three CDs I've listened to in the past few years, um, only in my car, do I listen to CDs is, uh, part of my pretension. It's like that. And a few other CDs I got at a show, like a, like the newer zombies CD and then like a band called winter that opened up for surfer blood. So those are like the three CDs in my car. Um, and the, the winter and the zombie CD sound, um, pretty comparable to how they sound on streaming. Um, and the, the Shacker CD sounds good in my car. Like my car has a decent stereo for being like a factory Subaru setup or whatever. Um, but it is a little difficult to, uh, listen to it in my car because I feel like I have to either EQ it for certain songs or turn it up or turn it more of the volume. Like I have to turn up right. certain songs and turn down other songs. Um, and when I listen to the, the remastered version the other night, and then, um, once again, later I was, it was just nice not to have to do that. And I wasn't in my car, but I didn't have to mess with the volume at all in a static environment. So that was really nice. Exactly. And that was, that was a result of me, you know, back in 2003, I was only paying attention to peak level and not to how it sounded or, or loudness. Sure. So to, to be, we, in a digital environment, you know, we can't push that peak past zero. So what I really needed to do, given the tools that I had, what I really needed to do was let some, let the loud songs come in lower than minus 0.1. Sure. And and match everything to kind of the quietest song would have been a better choice. Uh, what I will say though, is that, so I don't have to, I don't have to turn the volume up or down much, like just a couple ticks just to hear like a quiet part in a song or something like that. And that's, um, but I'm, when I listen to it on CD, I'm still amazed at how, um, I forget that the individual songs aren't mastered at all. Like I'll listen to a song and it doesn't sound too dynamic and it's nowhere near clipping or anything like that. And it sounds nice and cohesive and warm. Um, and I'm still amazed that you were able to like approximate that <laughs> so, so closely, like with your dad's like hi-fi and <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's pretty, it, it's pretty wild. It didn't do, it was nice. You know, but it didn't do a whole, whole lot. I remember a being the, just the digital mixes with the ones that went through the sure. hi-fi amp and they weren't too far apart. Um, but I did, I did like that little bit of, uh, that little bit of tube on it. Totally. Well, and I think it's telling, I don't know, they never said anything to me about it, but, um, usually I feel like when I, when I play my music for someone who enjoys music, but doesn't know much about um, recording or whatever, 
they will notice when something is off by off. I mean, different from how most music is produced, even like punk music or something like that. Like they'll, they'll notice when like a guitar is too trebly or if the vocals are too buried or something like that. Um, even if they don't have a name for it, they'll, they just get a sense that like something isn't quite right, but nobody ever mentioned anything about the sound of that record to me. Like it doesn't sound quite right or it's too quiet or anything. And I think anybody who knew about, you know, mastering didn't catch on anything, but I think like you were saying the other night with Rob, like if you, if you are listening to the master version that you just did, and then if you popped in the CD or something at the same volume, you would for sure notice. Um, so I hope so. I mean, I'm a little, I'm a little surprised at how much it seemed to jump out um, to you and Rob. Um, but I feel okay about that. Um, I worked really hard to, I think I said this before, I worked really hard to, to keep the changes as, as minimal and transparent as possible. That little, that little bit of saturation was the only intentional change. And I thought long and hard about it, but I did like it. So I left it on. Hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it sounds awesome. Um, and, uh, if I have it right, uh, what, what is the plan for the digital, for the remaster of the, the record again? Uh, Bandcamp? Did you already put it on Bandcamp? I should know this. <laughs> no, we will. Um, so it'll all be up by the time people hear this. We'll, oh, we'll, awesome. put it, we'll make sure it's out last week as of, you know, when this episode goes out. So so the Bandcamp and streaming releases will go out along with the long play episode about the record. That is awesome. Uh, I should have picked up the context, context clue from Rob's episode. Uh, but it's especially to hear his record. I mean, this is I know we're recording about uh, Shacker, but it was it's like uh, the LP LP was sort of like maybe a good impetus for those records to get worked on and put out and stuff, which is pretty awesome. Like that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I hope people enjoy it. Well, thanks for, uh, thanks for listening to me ramble about the, the nerd stuff. Mm, thanks for listening to me ask questions about stuff. I don't fully understand. Good times. See you, Corey. Yeah. Bye. Howie. Thank you.